Hey, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, Sports Talk Florida, and uh, joining me, of course, the Sunshine Boys themselves, Joe Henderson, Ira Kaufman. And yesterday, the Big 12 in Dallas held a six-hour-long meeting. Clearly, they had nothing better to do because when the meeting was over, they came out and said that we are not expanding. Um, so Big 12 expansion, which was a hot topic all summer long with a culmination of, you know, people sitting on the, their hands in 11 different cities, ended with a thanks but no thanks to all of you because we're going to take the money from the network. So, guys, how does um, how does the Big 12 doing nothing affect Two schools in our neck of the woods that are members of the American Athletic Conference, South Florida and Central Florida. Well, um, Jim, for the time being, uh, it relegates uh, USF and UCF to the kiddie table. Um, you know, they are you're either in a power five or you're one of the uh, one of the faceless masses. But let me say this. I think. The, the the AAC um, is is not badly positioned going forward, and if I were if I were king of the world uh, or king of the AAC at least, I would uh, stand up on a soapbox and just say, you know what, we got a pretty good conference ourselves, and I would go about the business of trying to build it up and go head to head as much as possible. Uh, with the uh, quote-unquote Power Five schools, and as Oklahoma found out uh, when it played Houston this year, and uh, as plenty of other schools in Power Five conferences have found out, Syracuse, when USF blew them out in their in their own building earlier this year, mm-hmm. uh, there's some pretty good uh, teams down here. And also, when you start looking at the map of the AAC. You've got some pretty uh, top-shelf markets. Houston, obviously, is a is a huge market. the uh, The Tampa Bay market for uh, South Florida is is uh, like I think what is it twelfth or something like that TV wise. It's way up there. Orlando's right behind. Um, so so you can you can make a case that what the AAC ought to do is come out and say, fine, we're going to build ourselves up. And guess what, Big 12? Uh, in a few years, your schools are going to come to us begging to get in. And we'll let you know. Let's, um, let's not read more into this, guys, than, than there is. Uh, this is not a permanent rebuff. Uh, I think they're in a delay pattern. Uh, unfortunately, <clears throat> Joe, I think USF was well-positioned uh, had, uh, had they selected a couple of schools yesterday. Uh, but USF football is not going anywhere, Joe, uh, as long as they hang on to Taggart, uh, which might be difficult going forward. Uh, I'm a little surprised, Jim. I thought uh, they wanted that Florida footprint, and they wanted it now, but it didn't happen. Uh, but this is going to be revisited. We'll go through the same thing a year from now. And uh, while it's disappointing from a USF and UCF perspective, James, they didn't close the door on this thing, and uh, that door will sw- 
swing wide open uh, next year. Um, with due respect, my friend, I I don't yes. see it happening, and the reason I don't see it happening is under the circumstances of this. Um, both ESPN and Fox are going through some serious problems at the moment. And, and the reason I say serious problems is that um, ESPN has rights fees to college professional sports, as does uh, Fox, that are in excess of $30 billion. Billion? Yes, that, that's with a B, yes. 30 with a B, billion. B. Yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. The that'll buy a lot of players. Yeah, it would. Um, <laughs> the uh, the issue that becomes a problem for them is they, with the advent of streaming video and and for all intents and purposes, the uh, <laughs> excuse me, the cord cutting. ESPN has had to lay off. You know, hundreds of people, they've scaled back on some of the things that they've done. And rights fees are something that they they need cost, um, a cost effectiveness where basically they know how much is going to go out and how much can they bring in each year. Uh, the deal that was cut yesterday, well, actually, it's not even been cut yet because Eric Shanks has say, said that they're still – Eric Shanks, the president of Fox Sports, said that they're still in uh, negotiations along with ESPN uh, to get the Big 12 a number. And whatever that number is, it's probably somewhere north of 28 and south of 35 uh, per year for those 10 you know, member institutions. So they're being paid not to expand. And so when they say not to expand, that means that once they sign that document, which they will, um, then they're locked in until 2025, which is when that agreement goes out. So that's why I'm saying what they did yesterday. And they can do all kinds of dog and pony stuff and spin plates and, and do all the spin crap that they did when they went through their – conference yesterday and their conference call and their press conference of talking about, well, you know, we liked everybody and we're not taking this off the table and blah, 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 blah. The moment they sign that document, which will be sometime clearly in the next week or two, they take it off the table. I mean, they're not going to do it because they're signing an agreement that says we're not going to do it. So why they couldn't just say that, I don't know, but... The fact of the matter is the Big 12 is not going to expand, and they were paid not to do it. So, okay. Well, I'll tell you what's not going to help ESPN's bottom line, Jim, is uh, the ratings for Monday Night Football stink. Awful. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, uh, I believe the uh, the Bucks uh, panthers game was, uh, was their lowest in about eight years. Uh, and, of course, Henderson's shocked because uh, – there's there's great national interest in the Bucks, as, as we all know. <laughs> oh um, yes. <laughs> last night, uh, last night uh, you know, with the Jets uh, against Arizona, uh, I'm sure that didn't go through the roof. Uh, so NFL ratings are down across the board, gentlemen. That'll be a topic uh, for a future show, but uh, it's it's certainly not helping ESPN's bottom line, uh, Jim. No, because 
ESPN actually pays more for their their deal than does NBC or CBS or Fox, um, which is pretty amazing if you think about it. And they're at a five-year low across the board. And you are listening to the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host on SportsTalkFlorida.com. You just heard from Ira Kaufman, one of the Sunshine Boys, and Joe Henderson. So, yeah, Ira, you're absolutely right that um, that they're at an all-time low. And, you know, I, I just think that as Joe was talking and, and we were chatting about it, I think that the – the best way to uh, to become a quote-unquote power conference is to prove that you've got it. And with – you've got – in Houston and Dallas, you have two top ten markets, okay? In, you, in Tampa, St. Petersburg, and Orlando, Melbourne, you have two top 20 markets. Uh, you can make the, the argument that your market size and the growth of your institutions – are going to exceed, you know, the Big Twelve and and challenge, frankly, a a once you get past Clemson and Florida State and okay, fine, perhaps Louisville, the AAC, the ACC is not exactly an overwhelming football conference. Well, let let's look into our crystal ball, Jim, uh, and look. Uh, a few, uh, several years down the road. I don't think it's an eternity down the road, but the the consensus is yesterday that big the Big 12 may have signed its its own demise, may have ensured that it's going away, um, because when when this deal is up in what 2025, there's a very good likelihood at that point they will lose either Texas or Oklahoma, maybe both. Okay. Big 12 loses one of them all of a sudden, you know, they're the Sun Belt. And so what we, it has been widely speculated at that point that uh, we wind up with four 16 uh, team super conferences. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's inconceivable that South Florida and uh, Central Florida wouldn't be part of that mix somewhere. Now, why would they do that, you say? Um, Consolidation can be good. um, But the other problem that you run into is that they, uh, as you noted, Jim, people are cutting the cable cord. The rights fees are not going to be there down the road. They're just not, at least not in the levels that they are now. So we're 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 kind of seeing the end of that era, and in the beginning maybe of a of a great new era in college sports. Uh, whether that's good or not, I don't know, but I think that's where it's headed. And uh, last point I would make is that I think what hurt uh, the USFs and UCFs the most is when you look at their football programs, you know, UCF is is bouncing back after a terrible season, USF obviously having a a terrific season. But particularly in USF's case, attendance is just awful. (laughs) Let's just just spell it out. Uh, Last week, uh, their game against UConn, Saturday night on the CBS Sports Network, 
the the sideline shots look when you looked at it you're saying oh well it's still an hour before kickoff no that was in the middle of the game there were that many empty seats and what is what happened with usf it's still a young program and i think a lot of the grads from usf uh did not uh, even though they've got a thousands and thousands of grads and and alumni in the in the bay area the football program wasn't there when those people were attending school those people grew up as gator fans or seminole fans or hurricane fans and it's tough to switch that allegiance as more and more people uh, grow up with usf football around here i think their attendance will rise and if they ever get their own on-campus stadium then i think they're home free but that's a that's a a topic for another show as well. Mm-hmm. I thought they might have switched the tape, Jim. I thought they might have had a buck game uh, in the background there, so uh, I was a little concerned. Yeah, me too. Um, it's, it's dangerous when I hit buttons. Um, you just have to stay away from them, leave them alone. Uh, you know, putting a speaking of button, putting a a button or a bow on on this Big Twelve situation. I think it really kind of shows you. How, um, I mean, one of the things that, remember we mentioned that Houston and Cincinnati were likely the two most, um, uh, well, the two programs most likely to end up. Yeah, they were the the favorites. Right, they would be the favorites. Uh, Barry Switzer, who was advising Oklahoma, and, and please don't get me started on why you would pick Barry Switzer to advise them. Like, you know, anyway, um, the bootlegger's son himself. But yeah, Switzer's argument as to why Houston shouldn't get into the conference on the Oklahoma side was that the last thing we need is another team in Texas to, to take away the possibility of us recruiting in Texas. So... The the thing that my sources tell me with regard to what happened to UCF and USF, and see if this makes any sense to you guys, happened basically recently. And that was when a subset of these presidents got together and decided that they could not viably have a big... 12 network of their own like the SEC has, like the Pac-12 has, like of course the um, Big Ten have. And the reason being that at present, there is the Longhorn Network, which ESPN has a relationship with, and then there's the Sooner Network, which is something Fox has a relationship with. So the, you know, it's the big two and the little eight. Once it was decided that they did not or would not be establishing their own network, they didn't need either Florida team anymore because they didn't need the markets. Well, if you remember, uh, Jim, if you remember, Oklahoma was one of the driving forces way back when at breaking uh, the NCAA stranglehold on TV contracts for college football. Um, Remember back in the day where you could watch maybe one, if you were lucky, two games of, of your of your favorite college team a year on TV, yep. and because the NCAA controlled that so rigidly, well, Oklahoma threatened to to blow the roof off the place if they didn't change those rules. 
NCAA caved. Uh, they, I guess they, they saw the money where it was going. And so we, we got what we have now. And so that doesn't surprise me that Oklahoma would be uh, kind of at the forefront of this mess. The Big 12 does not look good in this. They're, they're getting slammed nationwide and deservedly so for leading all of these schools on. If they had taken Houston and Cincinnati, uh, USF and UCF would have been ticked off. But, you know, what could you do at that point? So it's actually, it's, it's actually as weird as this sounds, probably at least uh, while it's temporarily disappointing in the long run, it might be good uh, for both Florida schools uh, that the Big 12 did what they did. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any question. The, the final thing, statement on this was the two teams that the Big 12 really wanted were FSU and Clemson. Now, in a behind-the-scenes situation, a couple of years ago, when Maryland left the big, you know, the ACC to go to the Big Ten, there was a concerted effort put forward by the Big Twelve to talk FSU and Clemson into moving. Uh, John Swafford, who is the head of the ACC, was quick to put a penalty in that would have meant that you would have have to buy. You know, I think it was $40 million. The buyout to get out of the ACC was $40 million. So at that point, both Clemson and FSU, uh, their conversations with the Big 12 stopped. But the original teams that, that they wanted in the conference were uh, FSU and Clemson. And so I think after that point, there was a decision to say, well, you know, maybe we don't need to add back up to 12. I don't know. We'll, we'll never know, but we will know this, and that is we're going to take a break. And on the flip side, when we come back, we'll start talking a little bit about um, this weekend in the NFL and, and probably a little bit more about college. You are listening to the Sunshine Boys podcast on Sports Talk Florida and Blog Talk Radio. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host from Sports Talk Florida, along with the Sunshine Boys themselves. Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson. Gentlemen, what a weekend in professional football. Some crazy stuff out there. And I go that since the Bucks were off, you probably had a chance to see it. Well, I can't believe, uh, guys, that the Dolphins actually showed up, uh, outplayed the Steelers uh, throughout that game. Uh, granted, you know, this is not the steel curtain of of, of, uh, of old, but uh, going into that game, guys, Pittsburgh looked like a legitimate uh, contender. Uh, the Dolphins ran all over. I thought that was pretty shocking. Uh, another thing that struck me, Joe, was uh, besides your Bengals uh, in, 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 an, in a complete meltdown, <clears throat> is um, the Buffalo Bills, guys, we're giving up for dead. Rex Ryan fired his offensive coordinator after they lost a shootout instead of firing his defensive coordinator. People were all over Rex Ryan. His job might have even been in jeopardy, guys, had they gone on and finished 5-11. and 11. Now they've won four in a row. Uh, they're keeping New England honest in the AFC East. They already have beaten the Patriots. 
albeit without Brady. Uh, so there's a resurrection going on in Buffalo, and Joe, as bad as Buck fans have had it, and it's been bad, uh, they got nothing on Bills fans. It's been a long time since Buffalo was relevant. We'll see if they can keep it up, Joe, but right now the Bills are playing good football. Oh, the Bills. Yeah, the Bills are, are they're, they are legitimate contenders uh, uh, for a playoff spot at this point. I don't think there's any doubt about that. <clears throat> and they've done it with defense. And But you've got to – you got to give them credit uh, for one thing. They lose Sammy Watkins, and yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, the uh, this is a this is an interesting team to watch, and they've you know they've won on the road, they've won on the West Coast, uh, they 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 really they won. Well, yeah, yeah uh, I'm. Y- 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 there's no such thing as a bad win, especially a bad road division win but you still have to put a little asterisk on that one. But uh, okay. on the other hand, give them credit for doing what they should have done in that spot. And how many times have we looked at the bills over the years and said, yeah, if they can step up in this particular game, uh, they will be contenders. And then they, they, they fall on their face. So good on them. They're, uh, they're certainly one of the surprise uh, teams at this point, but uh, back on the dolphins for a minute, did any of us really see that coming last week? Uh, that was a smackdown no. uh, of the uh, of the Steelers, and uh, you I know, thought I'd be in Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. And uh, where did where did this Jay Ajayi come from? <laughs> uh, you know, the the Dolphins are not known as a running team, uh, Jim. They're just not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tat Tannehill's been throwing the ball forty times. Results have not been good. And uh, as Joe mentioned, they out-physicaled the Steelers. Uh, that's not easy to do. And by the way, I heard that uh, a lot of Pittsburgh players were uh, in, in severe discomfort over 80-degree temperatures. So that's one case, perhaps, that uh, you know a, a northern team coming down to Miami uh, re- really did suffer from uh, the conditions. I don't think there's any questions. There's also... We had the case of um, Ben Roethlisberger tearing his meniscus. Uh, yesterday he had it. Um, yesterday he had it operated on, and there's hope that um, he can get back before the end of the season, which puts the Steelers' quarterbacking in the hands of any guess? Says anyone? Of course, Landry Jones is the first one that would come to my mind. Um, <laughs> Does, any, does anybody does anybody really think Roethlisberger is going to be out more than four or five weeks? I don't. I absolutely don't. Uh, he well, would, he would play from his hospital bed if he could, but uh... Joe, he's well. Joe, he, you know how he is. Yeah, and but it's a setback. And I'll tell you what that um, that division right now is is a bit of a train wreck. Um, it it's. You're looking. You're looking at teams. Last year, that for my money was the strongest division in football, mm-hmm. and and now you've got uh, Steelers suddenly looking vulnerable uh, with Roethlisberger out. Six weeks is a long time in the NFL, Ira. You know that. Uh, I do. The Raven. The Ravens have the Ravens lost. Are, no, the Ravens are in free fall. That's right. Uh, That's they right. are who we thought they were, and and don't get me started on the Bengals. Just. Uh, 
uh, I'm, I get a migraine thinking about them. And then that Tre- uh, Vontes Perfect. Seriously, oh what, you're, what you're, is you're, up you're, with you're this guy? Your best friend, Joe. Oh my gosh, um, I'm going to be surprised, frankly, if if there's not some punishment meted out for that. You could make an argument to suspend him again. Uh, you really could. And uh, Bengals uh, and Ira, you know this. All right, this is this has been a team that's been in the playoffs five years in a row. That's very unusual in the NFL. So maybe they're due for a clunker. They've had a very uh, challenging schedule to this point. Pittsburgh on the road, New England on the road, Brady's first home game back. Um, they uh, uh, had to open on the road at the Jets, barely eked that one out. They're due. They're, they get they get a chance to start getting a little bit healthy this week against the Browns. But when you say, well, all right, what's wrong with the Bengals? Start for me with the fact that Tyler Eifert hasn't uh, taken a snap this year. That guy was a red zone monster last year for the Bengals. Don't have that option now. Uh, you've lost your, your top two re- or two of your uh, high compliments to A.J. Green last year in Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu. You've replaced them with guys who haven't really been in the fire. One of them's a rookie. Um, passing game has suffered a little bit. Then the running game has been non-existent. And uh, last but not least, uh, maybe the biggest factor of all is Hugh Jackson left as offensive coordinator to go to Cleveland. And so this is a team that right now has lost their way. Uh, they, they went up and, and hung with the Patriots for a half, but that's not good enough. And at two and four, it's, they've, they've got a tough slog to even make the playoffs at this point. Um, and they shouldn't even really be thinking in those terms. They should be thinking in, oh, my gosh, we don't want to be the first victim of the Cleveland Browns. Hey, I have a quick question hey, for Jim, you and Ira. Jim, Jim, let me step in for one moment. Go ahead. Uh, this, is, this is a point that must be made to our, to our uh, hundreds of thousands of listeners. Uh, here's my response to Henderson, Jim. Yep. Wow, wow, wow. You want a little cheese with that wine, Henderson? Oh, get over it. Get over it, oh. Giants fan. All right. Hold on, Jim. Hold on. Go ahead. Point. I, I don't have Mike Zimmer whining. He lost a running back that won MVP honors in this league. He, he lost a, a young emerging quarterback. He, he, he's, he's down on the left tackle, and all they are are 5-0. and oh. So, Henderson, uh, your Bengals are taking a big step back. You're worried about Marvin Lewis's future. I understand that. But – Injuries happen all over this league, guys, and the Bengals are obviously not up to snuff to handle it, James. That's all there is to it. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. Uh, And, no, I'm not worried about Marvin Lewis's future. Um, My hunch is that if Marvin Lewis is not the coach of the Bengals next year, it will be his decision and not Mike Brown's because Mike Brown isn't going to fire him. Mike Brown is going to look at this in a big picture and say, all right, tough season let's go get him next year that's the way mike brown thinks so uh but you're right this is this this is a no excuse league and the uh the bengals have not stepped up to the challenge i believe i said that okay let me i have a question (laughs) for both of you the sunshine boys 
Joe Henderson, Ira Kaufman, right here on Sunshine Boys Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host from Sports Talk Florida. Guys, talking about the, that, that particular division, the Ravens were at the Meadowlands playing the New York Giants. The Ravens had a lead going into the final two and a half minutes of the game. And for reasons that I am not totally sure of, Coach Harbaugh's defense, I guess that would be Dean Pease's defense on, you know, the coordinator, forgot that Odell Beckham existed. And um, two quick catches by Odell Beckham, and the Ravens were behind with a minute and 10 seconds left on the clock. How is it possible that you do not, the one guy on the field who can beat you is the one guy you don't pay attention to? How is that possible? <laughs> that's uh, that's what great players can do. Now, Joe, uh, Beckham's a clown uh, without question. Uh, he's also an elite receiver. Uh, he was a touchdown machine uh, going into this year. I think at one point, Joe, he had 25 touchdowns in, the, in his first 26 NFL games. That's an incredible pace. Uh Look, Jim's point is right. You can't let that guy turn a, a 12 yards, you know, crossing pattern into a 65-yard touchdown. But once Beckham turns on those burners, Joe, it's like the old Jerry Rice thing. Now nah, he's not that fast. Joe, did you ever see anybody run down Jerry Rice in the open no. field? I don't. No. I don't remember. So you know, it's Odell Beckham. Jim, you're talking like a disgruntled Ravens fan. You sound like me with the Giants last week. No, I was curious. Uh, frankly. But uh, from what I can see, and I've seen that play about five times, mm-hmm. uh, one of the Raven DBs fell down yep. before Becker even caught the ball. Yep. And once he caught it, the middle was wide open. That's a mm-hmm. fair question. Where's the yep. default? But he was off to the races. And as Joe said, the Ravens are who we thought they were better than last year, uh, but not far from an elite team. Yeah, absolutely. No question. I was just curious because, you know, when you get to a play like that, I can, I, I can, you guys know, you've seen it, you know these guys. I could just see Dean Peace sitting there and saying to the guys as they're going on the field, all right, boys, all we have to do is hold them for two more minutes. And by the way, pay attention to number 13. You know, yeah, like, you might want to cover him. Um, but all right, this this brings up another great point, though. It's a segue. Ira and Jim, yes, sir, my friends. Have you? Yes. Has has officiating in the NFL reached a new low? You know, Absolutely. it's very interesting. Very interesting. Go, you bring that up. Uh, I'll just say this. Uh, rather than talk about officiating overall, Jim, I think a big, big problem, and we could spend a half an hour on this, and I think it contributes a little bit uh, <clears throat> to the uh, plunging uh, TV ratings. There are a lot of reasons for it, but I'm going to throw this one out too. I don't think anybody mentions this. Joe, something, something has to be done quickly about the pass interference call. I think in a way, it's taken a lot of enjoyment out of the game. I'm talking about personally, for me. Mm -hmm. Every 
every incompletion, when the ball hits the ground, I'm looking for a flag. That's a problem. More mm-hmm. times than not, I see the flag. Last week what? in Seattle, they didn't throw the flag when uh, when Julio Jones got mauled. And, and, and Atlanta would have been in uh, field goal position to win that game. Joe, this pass interference penalty has to be uh, altered, refined. Uh, these DBs under these current rules cannot cover these guys. Can't cover them. Uh, and maybe go back to the old days of bump and run. Uh, make it a little tougher on these receivers. I'm I'm tired of these rules that always seem to favor the offense, Joe. Uh, I don't see a lot of quarterbacks that, that – uh, that can handle that position right now. I just don't. Well, that, you know, from your uh, lips to uh, Roger Goodell's ears, uh, but here's, here's the point um, about, you, you mentioned the end of the uh, Atlanta Seattle game. Okay. <laughs> if, if the Buccaneers can somehow pull it together uh, and this is okay. I'm maybe I'm slipping into fantasy land here, but that call or non-call on a high school ref, no disrespect intended, could have seen that that was pass interference uh, on Jones at the end of the game. What that did was keep the Buccaneers, frankly, in the uh, hunt for the division and maybe a playoff berth. Because if Atlanta wins that game, which the, the Falcons should have done, they would have been 5-1. and one. That would have been right. a... Uh, a, a big NFC win for them and against, you know, a team that they may be competing with for home field advantage should they make the playoffs. What that also did was now all of a sudden the Bucks are only one game back in the loss column in that division. And they have beaten the Falcons the last three times they played them. That non-call may have helped save the Bucks season, which you know, sure, Buck fans will go, great, we've been uh, jobbed by the refs plenty of times over the years. But that's not the point. Uh, the officials are not supposed to determine the outcome. And that was, I mean, that was so blatant uh, a pass interference penalty. I'm just astonished that it wasn't called. Every week we're talking about the officials, Jim. Every weekend. Yep. And there's good reason to after this past weekend. <laughs> You know, granted, uh, guys, granted, pass interference is very difficult uh, to judge. It, it is. You know, the DB is supposed to have every right to the ball that the, that the receiver does. But I, I just think the rules, the rules are really stacked up uh, against defensive backs. They really are. They don't know when to turn their head. If you don't turn your head, you're going to get called. Uh, you can't hit these guys. Joe, pass five yards uh, downfield. That's a killer. You can't throw them off off, off their route. Uh, you, you wonder if the old Bucks uh, Tampa two can work, Joe, under these uh, determinations because re- rerouting the receivers was was a big part of that. No, I, I think the Tampa two is, um, if it hasn't been already, it should be uh, relegated to a museum somewhere. Uh, a yeah, history yep. of them. But, but you know, guys. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, for all of the valid points that I was making about the rules and all this kind of stuff, doesn't seem to hurt the Patriots that much. (laughs) 
you know what? They they tend to just keep right on trucking. Uh, I believe, uh, you know, uh, so uh, to, to come right back at you, Ira, uh, get some cheese with that wine. Yeah, but and, and Jeff, you know, Jeff, to Joe's point, uh, you know, with the rules and the Patriots, uh, who's the first coach, Jim, to exploit the new kickoff rule uh, that you get the ball at the 25 uh, if it goes deep in the end zone? Uh, you buddy, Billichek. Yes. Uh, yes. Check again with 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 the mortar, the mortar kick. It comes down at the three. You don't know what the heck to do with it. Uh, everybody's on top of you. You're lucky to get out to the 12. Uh, he's always the first guy, Jim. He's always the first guy. Well, uh, you know, Ira. Well, yeah. Yeah. It also doesn't hurt that you have a six foot seven tight end that is you know like God's tackling Godzilla. Okay, I mean, you could, you could, you know, it's like he, he, it's like he's, it's like he's playing with the Lilliputians, you know. It's like throw it to him, and there are people hanging off of him, and there's like an airplane landing on his head, and it's like you know, but he still gets to the uh, to the end zone. I mean, so yeah, I mean, the only way to 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 get Gronkowski on pass interference is to literally hit him with a baseball bat, and I'm not sure that would do anything. He's a lot of fun to watch, Joe. He he's incredibly uh, exciting to watch, Gronkowski. When he can it. stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. True. Hey, how about the other thing that I've got a, a pet beef? I did uh, visit the uh, Redskins game this past weekend to watch him play the Philadelphia Eagles, and um, there was Kirk Cousins pass to Jamison Crowder for a touchdown. Crowder turns around, takes the football steps back and does like a little jump shot pushing the football through the um through the uprights gets a 15 yard penalty for excessive um you know excessive celebration oh, yeah. they tack the 15 yards on the the kickoff they kick it off <laughs> the eagles return it for a touchdown <laughs> and you're sitting there going hmm okay that 15 yard penalty is the difference between kicking the Indian zone and not, and you know, could have perhaps uh, saved the touchdown. But excessive celebration when all the guy does is turn around and feign a jump shot of shooting the football through the uprights. You know, are we back to the Jerry Glanville NFL means not for fun league? Yes, that's poor and... judgment. That's poor judgment, Joe. That, that that should not happen. Uh, well, he wasn't, uh, show, he wasn't showing anybody up, Joe. He wasn't showing anybody up, and uh, that's poor judgment. Well, and and your buddy Roger Goodell could put a stop to this with one memo to the officials: stop calling this garbage. It, you know, what is what do they? What's the NFL uh, officials think that that this is high holy church out there? It's entertainment, and it's, you know, oh, you can't do this. This was choreographed. You can't make that move. You can't do that. You can't, stop you it. Can't wear that. You can't wear that on your socks. Yeah. Right? You, you got to it. Yeah. And, you know, there did, uh, I think at some point we're going to see a confluence of what's, what's going on this year. This year is a, could be a watershed year for the NFL because as Ira deftly noted at the start of the of the uh, podcast here, the TV ratings are down. Mm-hmm. 
there's controversy, whether it's no matter what side of the of this uh, situation you're on with Colin Kaepernick and all that stuff. You know, people are not it's automatically tuning in or buying tickets anymore to the NFL. You know, they're demanding something different. And for all of the all of the you know uh, hype that the NFL loves to give its quote unquote stadium experience. Then they start calling, you know, excessive celebration penalties for something like that. And people just look at these guys like it's your doddering old grandpa who, who sent, wants to sit there and, and rave about how the 67 Packers would beat any of these wussy teams today. It's crazy. Just let the players play. Let them be who they are. Let them – these guys have – unbelievable personalities let them show it the fans will relate you know stop it put the flag back in your pocket you know jim uh the nfl has been king for most, for most of our lifetimes guys the three of us yeah um you know 45 50 years however you want to date it i i think uh the mid to late 60s is, is when it took over from baseball uh but it hasn't always been that way jim Baseball, we used to get the sporting news. It was, uh, you know, 80% baseball. And page 33, you know, you'd start the NFL. And Joe might be on to something. You know, who's to say it's always going to be like this? Uh, it once would have seemed preposterous to think that the NFL could lose its its number one foothold. I don't know what would replace it, guys. I can't see the NBA doing it, but uh, – this long reign by the NFL, uh, it, it's starting to be a bit endangered, I think, a little bit. I think, Ira, to a point, and I'd like to, you know, you've been around the league, Joe, and I've been around the league, but you, you are someone who, who studies it from, from many different angles. There's got to be a saturation point, okay? There's ESPN has thrown so much of their effort into covering the league on it you know, what seemingly is an hourly basis. Um, there's the NFL Network. There's all this different uh, constant barrage of, of, of content coming your way. But at the same time, the league has in many ways priced themselves out to where uh, I know a number of season ticket holders for different teams that I've, you know, covered at one point in time are buying large screen televisions and saying, you know what, I'll stay home. And if the game's not particularly entertaining, I'll simply turn it off. And uh, I, I get, has the NFL reached its max in pushing out so much content and forcing fans to buy so much uh, stuff that the game they experience, uh, both at the stadium and at home, is starting to you know, not to meet the expectations of the hype. I think that's a fair question. Um, and Joe, let me throw this out at you, Joseph. Uh, and I might be one of the few people in the world that's not doing this, uh, but I'm kind of proud that I'm not. Uh, Joe, you know, what's fueling what remaining popularity the NFL has in large part might be fantasy football. Joe, without fantasy football, uh, I think interest would, would plunge uh, significantly. 
Well, uh, that's a great point, Ira, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to point out that my team, the mighty Mojo Men, are uh, on a four-game winning streak <laughs> and are five and one in our league. But uh, I, well, that's because you don't have too many Bengals on that team, Anderson. There you uh, go. I have, AJ, I have AJ Green and Andy Dalton. Just chill. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, but but back on point. Um, I was having this conversation with my son the other day. He was over here. Um, and he's a big sports fan. He's 30. So he's that millennial that, 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 you know, the, everybody covets these days. Uh, he's a hockey fan. He's a season ticket holder for the lightning mm-hmm. and what he pays to go to the, to the Tampa Bay lightning, which sell out every game and have a great experience and a, and a terrific sport, frankly, uh, is roughly the same for 41 home games as it would pay to watch uh, eight regular season games with the Bucks plus two uh, practice games, uh, which wow. don't get me started on that notice of, of you've got to uh, buy the, the travesty of the exhibition games. So he's going, look, you know, if I, it, it's not just the season ticket. It's what, what else you have to pay for at, uh, the Bucks games and, and the NFL in general, parking twenty five bucks if you're lucky, and um, yep. then you get inside. Uh, concessions are just ridiculously expensive, and also, <laughs> and not to be uh, dismissed here in Florida, you can say that people here are wusses if you want, but you for a one o'clock game uh, for the first half of the season, you're going to be sitting out in. 85, 90 degree temperatures. And uh, as uh, the two of the, the last two Buck home games have had hour long interruptions for lightning. Uh, some <laughs> irony there, I would think. Uh, and um, so, you know, from a consumer standpoint, this millennial generation has grown up here in Tampa Bay. Uh, the lightning have always been here. You know, to them, this was not a foreign sport. This was something, hey, well, we got a hockey team. Let's check them out. They like what they see. And I'll tell you something else. I'll throw this out at you. People will laugh, but then 25 years from now, you'll come back and say, yeah, I remember on that podcast when Joe told me about this. Well, watch out for the MLS and soccer. I'm not saying they'll ever Whoa. be as big as, as the NFL, but it's where you look where soccer is now and compare to where it was 10 years ago on, in terms of being on people's radar, uh, it's gaining a toehold. And all of a sudden those MLS franchises that they pass out like uh, big Macs, all of a sudden now everybody wants one and, and it's hard to get. So, you know, the, the market's being diluted. And when you're the big boy, like the NFL is, you stand to lose the most unless you adapt. Not that, not that we'll start a soccer con, uh, controversy here. Um, we'll just save that for another day. We can bring Rodney Marsh on or, or Ray Hudson to totally make us laugh and, and talk about soccer. But to your point, Joe, both of us are old enough, and Ira, you as well, to remember the NASL. And long before the Buccaneers were selling out at uh, the old Sombrero, uh, the 
the Rowdies were averaging over 30,000 people to their games. And had the NASL not been destroyed by the Cosmos, thank you very much, Cosmos, um, I I have always said that the that the English Premier League could very well have been the NASL had they allowed that to grow and not killed it by overspending and 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 over expansion to cities that had no interest in it or shouldn't have been in the first place. But that's another topic for another time. So yeah, I mean I can foresee what's going on, but um, there'll be something to take the void. But I, I do believe. You know, I don't know. There's no personal. There's no personal seat licensing in in uh, Raymond James, is it? I'm asking. No, uh, uh, not not now. There used to be, and that yeah. was that was. Uh, don't get me started on that. Yeah, pay us a lot of money for the right to pay us more money to buy a ticket, so we can charge you more money to park, and. Uh, you'll be grateful because you get to see the National Football League. You know, we're we're beginning. To, maybe it's maybe this is transitory. I don't know, but we are beginning to see cracks in the facade of the NFL, and they better adapt because they are competing in the marketplace for sports dollars, just like everybody else. Well, all the new stadiums, if I'm not mistaken, do have personal li- seat licensing, and Ira, you know in the New York area, in the Meadowlands. And I still don't now understand how this works out. That both Giants fans and Jets fans were charged seat seat licensing for the same seat. So uh, Uh, how many times you can buy that seat, I have no idea. But uh, evidently, uh, I had a friend who was a neurosurgeon on Long Island. And he's a lifetime Jets fan. And his seats, his five seats with the PSL cost $26,000. Oh, boy. Uh, that's called a revenue stream, uh, uh, young man, Mr. Williams. Oh, a yeah. revenue stream. Uh, Ira, yes, called, it is. And, you know. It, it's called the golden goose, Ira. <laughs> it's called the golden goose. Well, you know. On that note, the Golden Goose, um, let's wrap things up on this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. Um, we've been all over the fence here uh, in the, with some fun stuff today on the NFL. Ira, any thoughts about uh, going forward something that you want people to keep a lookout for off the field on the NFL? Well, yes. Uh... I'm going to look at the very top, and by that I mean, Jim, Roger Goodell, who still has support from key figures, Dan Rooney, John Mara, uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry Richardson, uh, even, even Robert Kraft, Jim, I believe is still in the Goodell camp, uh, although, uh, you know, that relationship was, has been frayed a bit, but Keep your eye on a, on a man named Todd Lightwicky. Joe knows him well. Used to be the uh, CEO of the Lightning. He's back in the NFL. He's got Rogers' old job uh, of COO in the NFL. It hadn't been filled since Goodell was named commissioner. And now he's in the same power position uh, that Goodell was when Tagliabue 
you know, walked off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. So when Roger packs it in, keep your eye on a man named Todd Lywicki. Jim, he's a good man. Mm-hmm. He's very, very much uh, takes the fan perspective. He was out before lightning games in the hallways talking to customers. What can we do better? That's mm-hmm. his forte. And, Jim, that's a personal touch that the NFL is, is sorely missing today. So I'm, I'm looking at Tide Lywicki to solve some of those problems that we've been talking about. Cool. All right, Jeff. Well, I'm going to be uh, people paying pretty close attention this weekend to what is obviously uh, the number one game of the weekend uh, with Texas A&M at Alabama in college football. They, you got two undefeated teams. Uh, you've got uh, a pretty brash Texas A&M squad that, that says that uh, they're not afraid of Alabama and uh, let's go. Uh, you've, you've got a, um, an Alabama team that just seems to be getting better and better and better. Just ask Tennessee. Um, <laughs> Nick Saban, after the game, after they wipe out Tennessee last week, uh, somebody asked him about the running game uh, for Alabama, and he said, well, yeah, it was pretty good today, but we got to you – know, it'll get tougher later on when we, when we start playing uh, some good teams. Yeah, Ouch. but um, the you know that, that's that's perfectly uh, in keeping with Saban's persona. Um, heavyweight game this week, heavyweight game, uh, essentially a playoff game, if you will, because uh, the winner of this game uh, is almost certainly going to go on uh, to play in the SEC championship game, probably win the SEC, and uh, get a berth in the playoffs. So keep your eye on that one. And uh, since the players are in Tampa, that would be uh, an interesting opportunity. Well, uh, from my standpoint, I'm going to watch a little baseball. I've been watching it all uh, painfully since the Nationals have exited stage left. And uh, watch Terry Francona and his uh, Indians team that has yet to lose in the postseason and see if that trend continues. And then the Dodgers, if you have not been watching the Dodgers and the Cubs, series shame on you uh it's been entertaining uh baseball all the way up and down the line so uh, i'm gonna be watching a little baseball just because i want to see how the uh the story ends as the old saying goes real quick ira your social media my friend how can we get in touch with you twitter james uh at i kaufman 76 uh look forward to hearing from uh from our listeners Joseph? You can find me on Twitter uh, at J Henderson Tampa, T A M P A. And uh, ditto those remarks. Uh, keep those tweets coming. There you go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jim Williams, your host from Sports Talk Florida. You can get me at NTFLA underscore politics, NTFLA underscore politics. And uh, you can read all of our stuff on the. Uh, pages of sportstalkflorida.com and our soon-to-be brand-new website that's coming online this week. So by all means, check it out and uh, find all the fun stuff that's um, that's there and, and hopefully entertaining to you. This has been the latest edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. Again, I'm Jim Williams, your host. 
the Sunshine Boys themselves, Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson. We wish you a very happy and healthy and safe week. Take care. Until next time.